This episode is brought to you by One Call Plumbing and Gas Fitting. No job too big, no job too small. Residential and commercial, they do it all. Call 613-307-4080. Today, my guest is a guy who played more than a decade of professional hockey, a former AHLer with quite the rap sheet when it comes to teams that he's played for. He played in 11 different leagues from 1993 to 2007. Penalty minutes? How about 3,025 in 520 games? But not only a scrapper, after looking at his junior days, he played five years in the WHL, which is equivalent to the OHL for people who don't know their hockey, and uh, he had 41 points from Brooks, Alberta, a real nice fella. Welcome to the podcast, Jason Renard. God, thanks, Bobby. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's always nice to to kind of uh, connect with some like-minded people out there. So thanks for uh, doing what you're doing here. It's kind of cool. So uh, obviously, uh, I screw those introductions up all all, all the time. But uh, did I get that approximately right? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Because I know in some of those senior leagues, you know, uh, there's a brawl at the beginning of the game and you you have four fights and they don't record one of them. No, you know, like, uh, I don't know, back then it was, uh, you know, it was a bit of a jungle, eh? And, uh, yeah, some of that stuff, you know, like, geez, we made this tape, uh, you know, when I was playing in that league uh, with Sorrell, like, we had fucking a, a... a crew actually follow us all year and they made a really good uh two disc dvd out there about uh, the sorrel mission and uh yeah some of that stuff like you know that big brawl there at the end of the year they didn't put that on there so some of that stuff it's it's kind of hard to find yeah <laughs> it comes with a warning anyways bobby yeah for sure i guess uh, we'll start from the beginning like a chronological order um do you remember your first ever hockey fight Probably uh, there was a junior B camp in uh, in Brooks, Alberta, and I fought my first cousin, Richard Renard. Yeah, he was uh, Richard was like a little bit of a had a real temper and was a real fucking mouthpiece. And yeah, man, we we uh, we fought, but uh, you know, I you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. And geez, I really I didn't take his helmet off, Bobby, so I ended up punching it in the mouth three or four <laughs> times, and that was about it. But that would have been my first on ice, but I think like my first real real tilt was uh, John Paduke in uh, Regina Pat's camp. I, I, they had a, you know those rookie camps and those pre camps, and I think I was 13 when I went to New Westminster Bruins uh, their rookie camp, and there wasn't a lot of fighting. Right, we were super young, and then it would have been John Paduke in uh, Regina Pat's, and uh, yeah, he he was a pretty tough dude, man. I remember. Uh, Taking his first four punches, yeah, it was uh, it was a rough night for Jay. Uh, any relation uh, with Tommy? I know that you fought a Tommy Budzik in the LNH as well. Not no. This is uh, this is a different this is uh, a different guy. This is Bad Duke, not Bull Duke. Tommy oh, okay. Duke, gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, this is Johnny Bad Duke. Yeah, he had a pretty good kid and a bad career. You know, like an AHL guy who was a pretty tough dude. Yep. Just uh, staying on that topic, obviously, uh, you were saying that your first fight was when you fought your first cousin. Uh, is it, is it, sorry, is it your first cousin or not? Yeah, you bought Richard's uh, first cousin. Yes. So, so, do you, do you, so do you guys laugh about it when you guys uh, get together now? Uh, absolutely. You know, it was, it was not the only time I fought him, right? Like, we came 
fuck, man, we came out of Brooks, Alberta, right? You know, there's fucking oil and gas out here, and, and people work uh, a lot, and they're, they're away pipelining a lot, a lot of welders, a lot of broken homes, and yeah. a lot of alcoholism, Bobby. Like, fuck, man, we we ran the streets free, right? And, like, we, you know, it was a different time. I don't know how old you are, Bobby, but, like, our, our parents had to fucking rein us in, right? And that that really develops a player, right? You know, and the, you know, the way hockey was back then, you know, I had a criminal record by the time I was 16, right? From fighting. I didn't steal. I wasn't a little fucker that stole and thieved. And, you know, we weren't like that. You'd punch each other out for doing silly shit like that in our hometown, but we fought and, you know, I ended up hurting guys, some guys pretty bad. I was, you know, a broken home, you know, parents divorced, hell, all, all this fucking silliness that, you know, they, as you grow up, you kind of figure, man, he's pretty grateful for uh, having the life I did, right? A lot of people have turned out a lot worse, but, you know, there's a lot of anger issues, and, you know, fighting was loud back then, right? You know, we didn't get yep. kicked out of school for fighting, man. Oh, we were doing it in the streets. I remember being in grade 9, fighting grade 11, 12 football players. Like, they were coming in their hot rod cars to fucking junior high and fucking licking those guys up, right? Like, it was a it was a passionate thing, and it was, you know, it was the thing, you know, we were fucking exposed to at a young age, man. That was back then, you know, when all that beaking and stuff, you know, you could crack somebody. You fucking cracked them in the face. Now, you know, social media, you offend somebody, you know, it's fucking gone to the fucking birds, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Obviously, like you were saying, uh, a, a bit of a rough upbringing and like a rough town, but I mean, like, uh, like were you a skilled player as well? You know what? Like, uh, we had double A uh, Peewee. We had double A Bantam in Brooks, and we had great teams to play against. Tabor, uh, you know, was full of little Japanese kids, uh, Fujita, Fukami. They ended up having some WHL careers, right? And Lethbridge was right up the road. And that's when hockey, I mean, you couldn't find enough equipment for kids that were coming out, right? Now it's fucking they're into soccer and, and, and playing uh, school basketball, you know. Uh, it, it seems like you, you know, it's a little bit easier way to go financially for a parent. I understand that, but you know, back then everyone was fucking involved, right? And so yeah, it became a passionate uh, thing from a young age for sure. And what, like, what position were you playing growing up? I played right wing, you know, and I played some defense. I was a bigger kid, eh? So, you know, and Peewee, I played up till Peewee Bantam. I played defense. But, you know, like, I always kind of played aggressive. Like, we, we were allowed to hit, you know, when hitting came out, man, it was game on, right? And I, I really loved the hitting. I, and I played actually football, uh, you know, grade 7, 8, 9, and 10. So, you know, there had there was a time when, you know, I was returning punts, playing both ends of the line in football, and then going and fighting junior B hockey at fucking 15, 16, right? So, uh, you know, there's a line drawn in the sand, and I always kind of loved that play. But you had to be a bit of a skilled player. Like, you know, I always admired the fucking good players, and I'd watch good players in practice, right? I'd move my feet. You know, I'd try to fucking uh, – young age, try to shoot the puck while moving my feet, right? Like, all those little things just make you a little bit faster, a little bit quicker. You know, if you look at my staff, I think the end of the day, you know, I had, I had the, enough penalty minutes at the end of the day, too. It wasn't so one-dimensional, you know. I could play a bit, Bobby, right? And I, yeah. I fucking, I enjoyed playing a bit, right? You know, I remember making the decision to fast forward in, in the American Hockey League. I got called up. I was 28 years old, fighting well at the time, and 
Buck, they said, listen, Jay, you're going to be packing bags like a rookie. You know, they were real strict with me because they had heard about my partying, right? Okay. And so they, they wanted to reel me in a bit. I didn't want to play that role. I got there. It was fucking brutal, right? Like, losing team, you're sitting on the bench till the third period to go spark a bunch of guys that don't even want to go in the corners. Like, Fuck this shit, man. Yeah. So you go you go down a level, Bobby, and I'm playing on the first line, right? And you yeah. have buddies there, and you have got good friends and guys you've played with and against for the last fucking five, ten years. You know, why be a slave in heaven when you can be a hero in hell, right? Great point. I've never heard that before. Yeah, man, and you know, like I'm making the same amount of money, right? Yeah. You know, you're up there, you know, I got a fucking car paid for and 800 bucks a week, I'll sign that deal anywhere, <laughs> right? Like, you know, and your fucking house paid for, who cares? Yeah, like you, you played in the ECHL quite a bit as well, then you went on to the UHL afterwards. Was uh, the East Coast Hockey League right after the WHL, right? It come to the point, you know, like most 20-year-olds, geez, they brought me back, Badger Bob McCammon was, they were making a move they went to another coach right and, and bob mccammon had moved out the toy ghosts were making different there was some changes there and yeah damon lanko was there they were you know they were young and and for a 20 year old to hold a job you know fuck by that time i was fight you know it's time to go fight you know grown men right and yeah geez I, I remember my first game you know you i was sick from the flight you know i was a little under the weather i was stressed out right i'm flying across to richmond virginia you know to go to the east coast hockey league and i know nothing really not too much about it right and so yeah i was uh i was kind of i went on a whim and yeah, my my first fight was Moose Morissette, you know, and geez, you know, I remember that one. He was a very strong dude, and uh, you know, punched very fast and very hard. And I remember thinking, man, I'm gonna have to learn to switch hands here. He was really basically a righty until, you know, until you learn some lessons uh, in pro hockey. Junior, you could get away with just piston rights, you know. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, I've only had uh, fights that I can count on my fingers. Sure. Yeah, no, but seriously, yeah, like, while while while, I, while playing hockey, I mean, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you were just saying, like, throwing right and left, and I always like to get uh, some tips, I guess, not because I'm going to fight uh, an old man walking down the street, but, uh, you know, just... <laughs> or, or or I might, if he does something wrong. But no, I, I, uh, well, you fucking be ready, Bobby, if you got to fight an old man walking down the street. Uh, yeah, that's the only guy I can beat up. But anyways, uh, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, like, because obviously uh, I've taken a few boxing classes, right? And, like, yeah. when you say switching hands, so, you know, when you're using your left, like, you're a natural right. So, like, yeah. are you throwing them basically like a right cross when you're throwing your left hands or are you throwing them more like a hook? No, trying to keep it in tight almost. Uh, like, like the straighter the punch, the better for me, you know, I think. Okay. I start looping my left hand. I, I'm not in real great control of it. You know, unless you practice it. You know, these guys training yeah. nowadays, Bobby, they're ambidextrous, right? Like, yeah. you know, fully MMA style. You know, that's why... Uh, you know, I'm thinking. You know, they're got, they're getting rid of fighting in hockey because it became grotesque, right? Like That's the so, knockouts yeah. were so harsh. Yeah. These guys are punching each other so hard, and 
you know, they're starting to spin and use inertia. Like, you know, Ty Domi you know, was the king of that years ago until yeah. guys caught on to it and kind of shut that down for him, right? But, but yeah, like that leverage and the way they're punching them, yeah, so to be left-handed for me, you know, every everything I just tried to throw straight, right? You yeah. start, you know, if you're looping stuff, I think you, you need a real height advantage, right? But, yeah. you know, this this idea of boxing and being on skates is two different demons, Bobby, right? Yeah. You know, you, you throw counters and loops and stuff, and I suppose they would see that in hockey, but not as much. You're on fucking one-eighth of an inch of a blade, right? Exactly. And you have a jersey to pull and grab, and every little pull and grab is tweaking you on that one-eighth of an inch blade. Like, really, if they did the science behind a hockey fight and, and like, looked at their feet in proportion, really slowed it down and broke it down, it would be a truly an amazing, uh, quite the little event, right? Like, the pushing, the pulling, the balance, the fucking punching at the same time. You know, and Bobby, to throw a good punch, you have to put your fucking head in risk's way, right? Oh, 100%. You can't be leaning back, Bobby, and throwing a looping left and expecting it to land nicely. Yeah. And, and you know what I mean? It's no. Those are flies, you know, to anyone training, right? You, unfortunately, you know, you can slip. You can slip punches, but to, you start, you know, swinging your head, you, you're not accurate anymore, right? No, and like like you're saying, like, uh, obviously, when you're throwing a, a punch at boxing or whatever, like, you turn your your uh, your ankle as well, which you can't do on skates. Sure, you know, to some degree, right? To some degree, you can. Like, I think, you know, just the idea of, of slipping a punch, you know, on your toes with your left, you know, being free of that other person's grip with full gloves on your hands. I mean, we're fighting barehanded with a jersey to grab onto. Two different yeah. fucking demons. Really, right? Any, yeah, anyone will tell you that for sure. When, when you were saying that, obviously uh, you were respecting the skill of the guys that you would see in practice. Like, is there one player that, in particular, when you were growing up, who was your favorite player that could could do both? I guess. God, the king! Come on, man. He's an Ontario boy, the king of them all, of course, right? You know, the big guy with soft hands, fuck Proby, right? Yeah. I mean, my favorite, my favorite, I'm a Western boy. Uh, I'm a Clark guy, right? Like, you know, for Clark and Proby, for those guys to have the numbers they did and continually fight uh, monsters that didn't didn't really play, that were just built for fighting, you know, like, really, why would you bother with that cunt, right? Like, honestly, you know, Clark, and, Clark was a fucking player. And nasty, like did not fuck around. When it was time to drop the gloves, would quick start a guy just start throwing. Right, oh, I had mad respect for Wendell Clark, you know, and, and, and obviously a phenomenal player. You know, obviously being a being an Ontario guy, you, you must have a a place in your heart for Wendell. No, for sure. So I'm from Cornwall, as, as I was saying, and yeah. I think. I think that Bob Probert's uh, father-in-law was a police officer in town, actually, so it's pretty cool. And, uh, like, you played in all kinds of leagues, obviously. Some of our listeners are big big fans of the LNH, so... Oh, sure. 
Yeah, can you can you talk to me a bit about uh, playing in the House of Pain? Oh, the House of Pain. Yeah, my my introductory uh, shift in the House of Pain was was probably the best shift of my life. It was uh, I had been acquired from down south, and um, I, I was new to this whole idea. But I had heard rumors from from other friends and uh, fellow warriors that uh, were in the league and. Uh, there was great money to be, you know, decent money to be made for, uh, you know, tough guys, right? Like tough guys were finally getting paid a little bit more, you know, than they had in the, in the past with this league, and it was cash money. So it's kind of attractive. And so, yeah, I, I the first game with the Laval Chiefs there, I fuck it was uh it was a deal where the assistant coach came up and said, "Okay, you got to make your name, make your mark, you know." And I know, I know the gig, right? Your first, you know, you want you're in a new league, you want to fucking. So yeah, I just ended up running around like I'm like, "Fuck, I can't really do much." Right? Fighting maybe was, you know, I wasn't really prepared. I was off the ice for a month before I had come, right? And so I just kind of ran around and hit people, and we ended up hemming fucking uh, whoever we were playing at the time into 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 the offensive zone, right? And we, anyways, a couple of big hits later, and fuck the puck went out to Matthew Rabby, and he took a wrist shot, and it floated top shelf, right? And the fans were already pretty. Uh, fired up from the hits, right? It just, it happened in succession. It went back to the D, over to the forward and back to the D, and everyone bailed out, and I was just running around like an idiot. And about four hits in a row, and the fucking fans were chanting my name, right? It was nuts. (laughs) And we scored it as a a result, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, I hope they don't expect that every shift, right? (laughs) Yeah, what a a fucking experience, you know? I walk into the dressing room, and I see Craig Martin and Matthew Rabby there doesn't have his shirt on. Well, that guy's built like a Greek god, right? Chad Richards walk in, the guy's running six six, a big fucking Alaskan bear, right? Like it was like something out of a fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like that's the thing. Like I it'd be cool if they if, if they made a movie about those times because like I had, I, I had other guys on the podcast and they were saying like it was nuts. They said like there was like six or seven tough guys on every single team, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's how it was. I mean, you had to have at least six or seven tough guys. If you didn't, you know, the way that league was refed, you were allowed a little bit more liberties, right? So if you had two tough guys as opposed to the other team's six, ah, the boys were shutting her down, right? You just didn't want to rock the boat too much. They were coming over the red lines, for sure. So you had to have the backup. And it's what it's what was attractive about the league. Let's be honest, you know, you can be in good hockey games now, but like nothing will get nothing nothing gets the blood boiling and evokes more passion than a good fight. Yeah. You know, like it just doesn't. It, you know, like I that's the thing about hockey. That's the that's the difference. That's the game changer. It just it brings out more emotion. You have a weapon in your hand, and you're and you're you're allowed to fight, right? To, to a certain degree. 
you know, now that's changing, right? You know, they're, they're trying to police themselves with the refereeing. You know, life's going that way, buddy, right? Yeah, and, like, what do you think about the current state of the NHL? Like, the, like do you watch it? Do you get entertained by it? I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, I, I'll watch highlights at the gym. I'll catch, you know, if I'm, if I'm to be a National Hockey League fan, I like watching, like, you know, indigenous young players like uh, the kid they got in Edmonton, uh, you know, kind of stick around. And then they got a kid in Florida, you know, hopefully he stays up. And I, you know, I cheer for old coaches, you know, like Gabby, Bruce Boudreaux and stuff a little bit. But I'm not a fan, you know. I, I just, there's a certain point, you know, okay, so the reason that there's no character left in the game is because they took all the characters out, Bobby, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, that, that's why I started the podcast. I mean, like, I wasn't necessarily that much of a fan of the fighting and stuff, you know, but, like, I used to watch the games, like, uh, say if the Habs were playing the Leafs, I have a lot of mm. Leafs fans uh, that are friends, mm. and uh, we'd get together, and it was, like, uh, it was like not to miss TV, because we knew that Tucker was going to do something dirty yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you yeah. knew that you had, you, you had your characters. I'm not saying Tucker was a tough guy. I'm just saying, but like he would do something uh, to, 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 to make you hate him, but you love to hate him. You know? Listen, I used to chase Darcy Tucker around the ice. You know, I was told to go get him. I, I remember playing against Tucker, uh, Sador, Niedemeyer, all on Kamloops, right? We were oh, up yeah. six. We were up six nothing, brother. Uh, playing, I was playing with Prince Albert. Prince Albert was number one and two with Kamloops all year in the Canadian Hockey League that year. We had a fuck of a team: Donovan, Hextall, Renier, Swenny. Like we had a good fucking team. Dean McCammon was on that team. <laughs> so we went in their bar. We were up six nothing. They came back and won seven six, and we could just watch them like. Fuck, it was crazy, you know, you know. I remember Darcy Tucker, you know, the, the thing about guys like Tucker and Yakimishin was in Saskatoon. They were little guys, but they, they had the ability to surprise a tough guy and beat a tough guy, right, like a yeah. heavyweight. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, if you look like at highlights of Tucker, man, that guy fucking – that guy would spit it out, but he would give it out too. Like, he, you know, he didn't just sing it. He brought it, right? Like, fuck, man. Uh, I, I love Tucker. He was a guy you'd love to hate. But I would take a guy like that on my team any day. I no. like Sean. I like Sean sure. Avery. Do I like his behavior and his antics? No. You know, but who fucking cares, man? Like, if you're bringing some kind of entertainment, you know, to the lull of a hockey game, what's happening now is you don't get that anticipation, uh, Bobby. When it's, yeah. when it's when it's five one, it just goes to six one, and the third yeah. period sucks. Yeah, you don't have the game within the game. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, now the game is in the game is on Twitter, and it's everyone's offended, and you know the the real fucking drama is, you know, we're getting rid of of people like uh, Don Cherry, right? For, for like, you know, and and, and McLean fucking bails on him, right? Like, it's yeah. just not not it's not good the way our, our our country's going at all, Bobby. We've got major issues going on, man. So on the Don Cherry thing, I personally yeah. have my own beef with him. I'm not a big fan of him. Maybe sure. just because he snubbed me one time. But anyway, oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, so oh, I don't yeah. really... I don't really give a crap that he's off TV, but that's just me, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 listen, uh, you know, I've got, I've got friends that, 
you know, like I'll be bitching about, uh, you know, the way uh, we voted here in Canada, and I can't believe that this pricks in again. But, but however, uh, it's funny. Nothing is said. You know, my my old hockey buddies are living elsewhere in Texas and whatnot. And, you know, it takes Don Cherry, a millionaire who's set for life. His grandchildren are set for their lives uh, yeah. to get to get fired for anyone to make us sniffy about it. Right now, no, oh, sure. now, now we've got problems in our country. Don yeah. Cherry, poor Don Cherry was fired. Fuck Don Cherry, man. Yeah, he's gonna be okay. What about the little man? What about the person struggling? What about my fucking fiance who has to fucking fire half her staff because you fucking cocksuckers don't want to go to work and get energy working again in Canada? It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But anyways, we, we, we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right, I'm sorry. That's my rant. Yeah, I know. It's all right. Hey, uh, we can go on the Don Cherry argument, but I, I've, I've done those too many. So anyways. No, uh, no, I know. You were talking a while ago, obviously, you played against some good players. You were saying McCammon, and you were saying you, you played with Tucker. And, uh, like, who's the best player that you had a chance to play with and uh, against? Oh, fuck. Valerie Bure, uh, uh, uh Valerie's brother there. What was his fucking name? Pavel. Pavel. So Pavel's brother, Valerie, he was the younger brother. He was superb to watch. Yeah. He, uh, Adam Gedmarsh playing against him in junior was a phenomenal player. Probably the, the best player I had the privilege uh, of playing with was Vlad- Vladimir Siplikov. He was... Uh, he was a fucking king for like six to eight years or something like that, and he was just a real good uh, player. I was playing. I played uh, in the International Hockey League there in Fort Wayne for the Comets, and uh, and uh, yeah, he was Iggy was there at the time, and fucking uh, yeah, real humble dude, and, and just a phenomenal hockey player. But the list goes on. Like you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, played, played against fucking Todd Holt. Todd Holt. Theo Fleury's cousin was sick in junior too, right? Like uh, I, I could name names in junior would be Kimmy Daniels was. I watched Kimmy Daniels score five goals live, right? Like all five goals against Madison Hat, right? Like just yeah, you see some pretty cool stuff in junior and in pro, but uh, you know it's, it'd be fucking hard to put an, uh, a name on the best player. I, I, if I'd had to go with someone, uh, because he's such a great human being as well, and he just passed away recently too. It's kind of going to rest in peace there. But Vladimir Siplikov would be my top choice, I think, for for the, one of the best players. Yeah, that's too bad that he passed away. Did he go to the KHL or was he in the NHL as well? You know, uh, Vladdy was in the National Hockey League. Uh, playing, he played with. Uh, the Kings uh, for for years, right? Okay, and uh, and yeah, and I'm not sure he was only 50 years old. I'm not sure how he passed, but yeah, yeah. Okay. before he got called up, uh, yeah, he was in uh, Fort Wayne, and I had the privilege. I actually got a funny story. I I was actually pretty fast for the first, you know, like I was a good sprinter in junior high, high school, and so I I was uh, pretty fast for the first six to eight strides right you know and then i was at full speed right I, i've got short barney rubble legs but for the i was powerful like a linebacker right and uh we had this uh fun thing going on in practice in the international hockey league in fort wayne and fucking 
we had a race between the blue lines and I, I was in the finals against Vladimir Sipikov and, and I, I had Vladdy laughing so hard at the start of it, I beat him. So I ended up being the fastest player in the team. Yeah. From blue line to blue line. So yeah, it was kind of a, kind of a fun thing we did. And uh, I ended up beating Vladdy, but I had him fucking blowing snot bubbles just before the, the, the bell yeah. there. So yeah. don't, Hey, don't ever judge a book by its cover. Eh? It doesn't matter if you got, no, no, man, no, no. Yeah. I, you know, I just get into trouble when it was came to uh, crossing over Bobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, in my intro, I said how many teams you played for, uh, but do you have like a fondest memory? Like, I don't know if there was like a championship at one point during one of those leagues. Do you have like a, a memory that you're, you're going to take your grave? Jeez, there's so many, eh? Man, that's a great question, Bobby. But there was a lot of great memories and great coaches, right, and and great friendships along the way. But, yeah, like, you know, we won in uh, in Laval. We won for the Chiefs that year, their, their second year. They won it two years in a row. You know, that was kind of neat. But honestly, like, for me, Bobby, the best hockey moment I, I've had, I, I ended up coaching these kids, uh, you know, in southeast Saskatchewan. I was working in the oil patch, and, and I ended up coaching these kids uh you know, with a fella in town there, small town, and we we took them to provincials, and we ended up winning provincials. And that, to me, you know, to watch those kids at a midget age respond so well to uh, some discipline and put it all together and, and peak at the right time and go through some shit and and really bond was probably the best moment, uh, hockey moment I've had. You know, like taking a step back, there were great moments. Don't get me wrong, uh, Bobby, but. You you know, I just think as I get older, my perspective changes. I, I just, I don't take for granted the things that I fucking used to, right? You know, so that was, yeah, was a super special moment for me, for sure. That's awesome, and it's good that you're uh, just passing on your knowledge to the younger generation, which I'm sure they appreciate a lot as well. You know, they're yearning for it, especially nowadays, right? You know, like, it's it's hard to set up boundaries with kids. You get in trouble for that, right? Everyone's uh, socially very weak, right? Very uh, sensitive. And, and so a guy like me, you know, stepping in, I, I help uh, my buddy's uh, hockey team, their midget players who were just in Dutchess, Alberta, uh, their last night, my old stomping grounds. And, fuck, I, you know, to see them respond to uh, – you know, uh, the truth being told about their play or whatever, you know, positive and, you know, negative at times, you know, not to call anyone out or berate them, but, you know, to be honest about their play and, and, and let's, uh, you know, try to get into some, some solution around it. You know, at this midget age, they're starting to form real bonds where there's a loyalty there where, you know, someone slashes your goal, you jump in there and figure it out, right? You know, yeah. so super exciting time, and it brings me back to when it all started, you know. That's the age when you find out where the bear shit and the buckwheat really, right? How many <laughs> kids go on to not do anything or, or choose yeah. fucking booze and, and the farm over, you know, and, and playing senior hockey over, really having a, an amazing experience going off and making friends in another place and fucking carrying on a, a, a hockey career, you know, whether it be long or short, you know, just a real special thing and you know and unfortunately not uh you know not every kid gets to enjoy it for sure yeah and uh like just i don't know what that saying that you just said was with the buckwheat but 
I think we're gonna we're gonna make T-shirts with your sayings there after this episode. Good. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> sounds great. And none of this, all, all this stuff is regurgitated, right? It's a, it's all stuff I've learned from hilarious guys along the way. You yeah. Know, like honestly, fucking some real fucking funny motherfuckers out there, right? You know, we're raising each other basically from the age 15. If you're playing organized hockey, like I fucked off from Brooks, Alberta at 15. I went away to Notre Dame, right? Like nobody around but 20-year-olds to to maybe make you mop the floor if you go out and fuck around for a Friday night or whatever, you know. It was a dormitory atmosphere and, you know, it was like the military. We loved it. I loved it, right? I cried for the first month, Bobby. Don't get me wrong, right? Yeah. But yeah, with the six thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar deposit, my dad was saying, "Hey, you're gonna stick it out for another week or two, bud." So yeah, like you know, all great experiences, you know, and if, you know, not to push kids into fucking doing something they don't want to do, you know. Hey, man, Fortnite's cool. Fortnite's awesome. If you're fucking kids a gamer cool but if you can get your kid into <laughs> hockey and fucking get get that kid experiencing traveling on the road being with the boys you know this, you know second and none experience you know i, I yeah. you know not not a fucking regret out there uh you know for me bobby no and uh obviously i wasn't uh, planning on keeping you this long but you're uh entertaining guy so like uh i i gotta ask you like you just said that uh, you're regurgitating some stuff. Like, who was your funniest teammate that you got to get to play with? <laughs> what a question. John Nelson, uh, one of the funniest fuckers uh, out there. Uh, like, uh, Curry Dog was fucking, Curry was funny. Oh, man, there's so many out there. Ryan Prentice is a guy uh, I, I played with, right? And, Fucking Ryan. Uh, Ryan was, uh, you know, he he was the best man at my wedding, right? And, and okay. he he flew in from New York, uh, uh, Messina, New York, small town, New York uh, State. And uh, what a fucking card, you know. Uh, he was the type of guy. So this is the type of shit he would do, right? He didn't care, you know, that it was tougher. I was fucking unpredictable. Like, I would beat the shit out of my own fucking if we were losing, like we'd fight each other in practice. I'd fucking fight someone. I'd fucking, I hated loot. And you know, like if you're losing six in a row, your fucking place sucks, right? It's all about yeah. winning or losing, right? You know, your life sucks if you're losing games. And Prentice would fucking like two week road trip, scratch the taint underneath his balls, right? Like we're talking like fucking, you know, not showering, you know, like right off the bus and fucking stick it under my nose while we're sleeping and be like, guess where, you know, like, and I fucking chase him around the bus, you know, shit like that, you know, like that to me is funny shit. You do that to someone nowadays, you know, oh my God, you could be charged with a crime. I don't know, Bobby. That's what they call the dirty Sanchez, I believe. Yeah, is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a greasy thing to do, you know, wake, wake your buddy up with the smell of his balls, right? So I'll, I'm going to share my own story. So I got a friend, he played OHL as a goalie. I probably shouldn't be telling that story, to be honest. But same kind of situation and uh, rubbed it under a buddy's nose while he was sleeping uh, and the guy just got up didn't say a word and walked about five kilometers till he got home uh, it was a snowstorm too he's like no nah, i'm not dealing with this tonight and just see we would get up and fucking honestly sometimes you'd 
you'd have to catch yourself from fucking beating the shit out of a guy. Like, that's a fucking yeah. dirty thing to do, man. Yeah. I understand that, walking home in a blizzard. Fuck this shit. You know, this so fucking they, party ain't for me. So now people that listen to the podcast know what a dirty Sanchez is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Obviously, you've been in some crazy barns when you're playing the L&H, and uh, I'm not sure yeah. trying to keep it to the L&H, but, like, What's the craziest uh, on ice incident that you witnessed or you were part of? Oh, that cra- that on ice brawl! I think that that uh, we started there. Um, we 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 were losing the game. We were out of the game, right? And fucking thirty seconds left, it was playoffs, and you know, son of a bitch, if we didn't start some shit there at the end of the game, I think we were down three goals, so the game was out of reach. And uh, I ended up pulling Simone Poirier off defense and. Caught my breath a bit, and I went after the Champs, and fucking Brunel was out there, Mayran was out there, Stefishin was out there, just to name a few of the fucking monsters we had. Yeah, and they were all in the ice at the same time. Corey Holland was playing right wing, you know, uh, and then fucking we started a shit show, and then it ended up, uh, you know, there's video of it, and they ended up, I uh, went into the other team's bench, and Mayran, of all people, pulled me out, like said that was enough, right? So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of the hairiest thing I've been in, but like just before I got to Sorrell that year, they had a fucking brawl that I heard about where Cote and Pesiak were playing in Laval and they come over the red line and took their shirts off. Uh, in warm up and we're covered in Crisco oil, so you couldn't grab on to nothing. Yeah, man, like these guys greased themselves up. The whole team was greased in. Wow, fuck the tough guys. Anyways, let's not say the whole team, but the tough guys were greased up in oil, and so. You imagine, like, you know, that's the Rob, Rob Ray thing. I mean, that's yeah. dangerous, right? Yeah. But I guess there was a shit show in Sorrell just before that, so this was payback. And the boys, like, Cote and Tiziak just come right over the goddamn fucking red line and started a shit show. Well, Bob Berger had come down from the fucking stands and kicked Brunel in the head. Oh, it was crazy. And then I got there about a week later. The boys were pumped, right? Reinforcements. Retard Renard in town, you know, they were loving it. <laughs> you oh, my God. Friggin' funny, man. <laughs> just, uh, but, you know, they should have at least got sponsored by Crisco, you know, like just at least right. make a bit right. of money out of it, you know. Or Hawaiian Tropic, right? I, I still bathe in that ship. <laughs> <laughs> like, how is the LNH comparable to the other leagues that you played in? That's a good question, you know, and I, I like, you know, I spent a cup of coffee in the A, but, you know, the thing with the a is yeah the guys are tougher maybe or we're fighting better at the time but you only have two heavyweights maybe one on a team right when you're talking about six heavy duties on each team that's crazy you know like the pressure is just that much higher the the stakes are that much higher to see like it's like watching six or seven car accidents per fucking game to be completely honest it's not really hockey at that point well, no, you know, but 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 that's okay. Who the fuck cares, right? No, no, I know, you know I know. Like, oh, I know. You know, like honestly, that that okay. So that that's the regular season was like that, but we had like you got to remember, like in in uh, for the Chiefs, we had Michelle Mangeau, we had Denny Paul. These are guys that had a little stint in the show or played great careers in the American Hockey League that were phenomenal players. Shalafu was a was you. 
you know, Christian Sabroka had a great career. These are guys that uh, were on the cusp, you know, like, hey, man, Stefan Riche, like, when it came time for playoffs there, it was good hockey. Steph Riche played in that league? Yeah, yeah, Riche didn't last long, though. Yeah, like, I actually had offended Riche. Fuck, I can't remember how the story went, but he was scared for his life, right? And uh, I had said something to him on the ice, and he had just packed his stuff and went home. I don't know. Brad Lambert knows the story. I don't remember what I said to him. I was flying high on on, uh, playoff, uh, like getting ready for the playoffs, right? And Stefan Riche was not playing good for us. He was not playing good. He was a liability. And he was scared for his life. He was fucking, <laughs> and so that was the deal with Riche. So I, I told him something that offended him, and he said, I don't need this shit. And he went home, packed his bag, and went home. Like one day before the playoffs started. But he, he was looking for a reason just to go home, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like okay. a storied NHL career, don't get me wrong, he's a legend, but he's a puss. Yeah, you, uh, you had an extensive career in playing professional hockey. Uh, what are you up to these days? Fuck, these days uh, I, I build custom homes uh, in Calgary, uh, custom homes and commercial stuff, like any any kind of uh, multi-family home, anything to do with wood from the bottom right up to the roof, right? Uh, I, I spent some time in the oil patch uh, as well in southeast Saskatchewan, but that's dried up, right? And so thank God I, I had something to fall back on and we're you know like alberta's in the middle of a recession i don't know if you guys in ontario are what you what kind of news you're fed like no one's getting the real news but we're on the hook to fucking give another 13 billion you know and and we've got no money coming in from oil and you know and they're blocking us from fucking exporting our oil and getting a good price to market right you know we're talking about separation here in alberta you know, there's big things going on, right? And I, you know, we're not we're not represented in in the, in the seat uh, in for seats in the house, right? Like, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, BC and Alberta, and Alberta together have 24 seats. How the fuck is that fair? It's ridiculous. And it was it's coming from the, the 1800s when they fucking put slap that silly shit together, right? We're, we're, if you're voting for people like Justin Trudeau after all the blasphemy, after all the criminal activity, after all the scandal, you're still voting just to spite conservatives, just to spite energy, the energy sector. I mean, that's enough free stuff, Bobby. Right? Yeah. But the masses are getting free billions of dollars of mo- of of money free while you got oh well sorry Quebec is running a surplus. They've got a surplus in their country, and we we are in a recession, and we're still paying them right, and they're voting to keep that alive right. So yeah. yeah, that's that's where the issue is. There's a huge fucking disconnect there, right? Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. So the, you know that's that's a huge issue. It's just not fair. Our current arrangement, Bobby, is no longer fucking feasible. We cannot be giving money to a, a company that already has a surplus, and we're broke. Like I can't, I can't be fucking lending out money to a, a place that has got fucking uh, billions of dollars in their mattress and they're sitting yeah. on it. How yeah. in the fuck does that? How is that fair? Now we're on the hook for another forty-two or fifty-two billion dollars over the next six years. What the fuck? 
Like, uh, my, if I had kids, the grandkids would be still paying that off from oil revenue that they won't let us go after. So now they're supposedly uh, building a pipeline, but they're blocking the fucking oil getting shipped now. Only Alberta oil. But we're buying Saudi oil. Like, Justin Trudeau is buying Saudi oil. We take the oil out of the ground, the, the cleanest, and we are the most professional at it anywhere in the world and uh you know it's a crime it's a it's a fucking shame <laughs> no it's you know. good you know you know like in the fact that like people are going to listen to the podcast at least they're going to learn something by listening to this one absolutely i hope so i hope so <laughs> yeah god bless buddy thanks for letting yeah, me yeah. there's just a huge disconnect right like yeah. people don't know how we're suffering and it's what you're fed in the news right see i understand people are com- comfortable in the current arrangement why would i change it but fair is fair right like if you're really to check your values and your fucking morals check your moral compass you're not doing really moral things now it's not fair now you're not using your reason right yeah. now when people are not using their reason and their fairness in their decisions I cannot be on board with that. Now you're trying to fuck Alberta purposely. Now I have a problem. To me, Bobby, it's an act of war. I'm not kidding you. Try doing, try fucking doing that to the United States. They would fucking drop bombs in you if you tried to block their oil production. Guaranteed. You think that Canada would try to help Canada? Canada's not united, right? So what they did is, you know, for votes, for the voting reasons, they've created two separate uh, factions, right? And if I don't believe in every single thing the LGBTQ and the liberals believe in, then I am anti-fucking-gay and I'm a fucking white supremacist. No, man. Like, I love so many things about all fucking cultures and, and all politics. I, p- I pick the stuff that's real to me that applies to my life. Hey, listen, we're not we're not going to get rid of fossil fuels in the next hundred years, buddy. They're going to be around for a long, long time. Solar mm. power and wind power does not work in this winter climate weather. I'm sorry, but it's and like we need the infrastructure first, anyways, and we need to build that slowly, smartly, and innovatively, but with money from our resources in order for people to have clean drinking water. We need to employ these people up north, indigenous communities, not fucking scare them with pipeline disaster warnings that are bullshit. And then giving them money, and then the band fucking misuses the money anyways, or the chief gets all the money. It's the same old bullshit. The money's coming from fucking somewhere, right? And it's it's just not honest. Talking about indigenous people, and are you uh, are you part indigenous? No, I'm not. My uncles are, though, right? I've got Métis okay. uncles. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, you know, being a, an addict, alcoholic in recovery, um, you know, I fucking see a lot of indigenous, you know, struggle with alcohol addiction, uh, uh, drug addiction. You know, that's that's where my heart is, right? Honestly, I have. My life now, fucking Bobby, I have three sponsees. You know, I have a sponsor. I, I stay close to the fucking program of AA. You know, I, I, I try to clean my own house and help others, right? Yeah. Uh, I, was li- I was living a different life for a long time, Bobby, and I, it no longer served me, right? And at some point, the booze turned on me, right? 
So now it's about fucking helping others. That that keeps me out of self, and it keeps me sober. You bet. Good for you, man. On the podcast, I don't really talk about, like, the good deeds. Yeah. If you go to, if you go to church every Sunday and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I, you know yeah. what? The only reason I would go to church is to see, uh, is to share uh, Suzanne, my my fiance's faith. You know, she's a believer in in, in Jesus Christ. That's not, yeah. that's not for me. I'm just a believer in the creator. Uh, you know, for, for me, God is love. It's that simple, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, for her it's different and that's okay that's hey man that is okay you know that you all that all that all that stuff used to bother me but i think any person of faith is a person of strength you know i'm starting mm-hmm. to get it man yeah, yeah it took a long time bobby because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously the aa program isn't it all based on god how does that work it's it's absolutely, it's absolutely faith-based. Now, it's the game changer for the Book of Alcoholics Anonymous uh, and the guys that set it up, you know, because I had all these old ideas, Bobby, about, you know, God and was a, a God to fear. And if I didn't give 10% of my wage, I would burn the hell forever. So that's fear-mongering. So I didn't have a real good picture of God you know, bouncing around from church to church. My dad was a bit of a searcher. So when I found Alcoholics Anonymous, the game changer for me was a God of my understanding. All it had to be was something bigger than myself because the problem with addiction is it's selfish, right? And so uh, as soon as I had to realize selfishness, self-centered, that we think is the cause root of our issues, right? That for me was every decision I made to drink at the inopportune times to cheat on fucking women. It was all about me. What did I want at that time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it was you know it was a selfish deal, right? So the thing about believing in God is all it is is handing it over to something greater than yourself. Now. At the start, a lot of it, a lot for a lot of people, it's the AA meetings, right? They go to meetings and they see God's spirit working in other people's. You know, if you know people are sharing their lives and you hear their stories and you find out they're sober one year, thirty days, thirty years, it's a fucking miracle, dude, right? Like to come sure. from where to come from where I come from and the to string a couple years together is a fucking miracle. But I do it a day at a time, you know, the whole thing works. Day at a time, you know, okay, so basically the contract I signed when I came onto this thing is God help me do what I could never do for myself and not stay sober and accept life on life's terms. Just live life, be content. And I'm not talking about happy skipping through the fucking rainbows. (laughs) People have fucking issues. I'm talking about. I'm talking about accepting life as it comes on its own terms, like, uh, you know, accepting things on God's time, right? You know, uh, giving back, cleaning house, helping others. So the contract I signed is God help me and I'll help your children, right? So I sponsor others, right? I pass on, I pass on what was freely given to me. Same as hockey. Same as hockey. It was freely given to me, so I must pass it on. It's fucking God's will for me, man. Think about it. If you know something, God bless volunteers, but you ever had a volunteer coach a hockey team? He will fuck those kids up for the rest of his life, for the rest of their lives. They won't know anything about the game, right? Mm-hmm. 
volunteers are great. Get them to fill the water bottles. If you know something about something, you must pass it on. And and, yeah. and with no expectation of anything back, Bobby. That's the key. I as soon as you tell somebody about it or take the credit for it, I fuck myself. You know, and I do that a lot still. I want the attaboy. You know, I want the fuck. Yeah. I want the big big shot itis, or I want to feed my ego. And I, I try it. Maybe sharing it on this program is, is, is not so good for the ego either. But hey, man. No. Uh, I, good, if, man. If, if we're able to fucking reach one person with maybe just planting a seed that, hey, if you're living a miserable life through drugs and alcohol or fucking sex addiction, whatever, to me, is suffering is suffering, Bobby. I yeah. don't care what your fucking story is. People suffer. They don't have to ingest alcohol or drugs or 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 fucking have fifty women or whatever your drug of choice is uh, to suffer, right? Like oh, you know, you know, getting men to talk about it. it's a passion of mine, right? You know, getting men's masculinity back. Like fuck, they, women want to be men now. Fuck that. We have men. Men, men got to start being men again, bro. They got to start fucking representing. You got to get your masculinity, then you can start handing that off to your fucking boy, to your kid too right yeah no for sure yeah we're getting we're getting soft man we gotta get that not that warrior energy back and i'm not saying go around bullying people will say that always oh, the fucking no man i'm talking about good love for fellow man and for self being able to defend uh, your property and your land and your wife and your kids right masculinity for sure. And like, man, like when I started this podcast, like today's podcast, I was hoping to get some good stories from you, but uh, it became way more interesting. So obviously I hope people give it a listen. Sure. Yeah. And just know that, you know, we're not all just pugilists and fucking meatheads. And, you know, uh, there's been a lot of searching. There's been a lot of struggle. There's been a lot of addiction. Uh, you know, there's been great times, man. Don't get me wrong. You know, if we were to sit here to keep it light as well, I could go four ways from Sunday about, you know, hookers, blow, all the stuff, all the hell's angels, the parties, the fucking, I have it. It's not even the tip of the iceberg, brother. I could tell my story from my perspective. Basically, what you're telling me is have you on on another episode and you'll give me all those good stories. Absolutely. Whatever you want, buddy. I, you know, I'm an, I'm an open book. I, I, I love the fact that people are, are willing to, uh, you know, put their name and rep out there and, 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 and host a podcast and fucking let these old tough guys go on about their stories. I think there's a little bit of a niche for it uh, still. And like I yeah. said, I represent the right side of things a little bit. I'm not into, and I'm not even a hunter, dude, but listen, someone's got to represent the right, the masculine side uh, a, a little bit better and, and, most of the buddies I got are old hockey buddies, and they all think they, they they really think like I do. For sure, I don't know if you've listened to one of my podcasts before, but it's called the interrogations. Are you ready to just rip off fast answers? Absolutely. State your name. Jason. Full name. Oh, Jason Renard. Date of birth. Fourth month, twenty second day, nineteen seventy three. Favorite hockey movie. Slap shot. Ice taking happen when. Uh... The guy take the stick, you know, and he go like that. You know, you don't do that. You don't do that. Oh, no, never, never. Why not? Against the rules. You know, you're stupid when you do that. Just some English pig with no I brain at all, uh, you know. Favorite rom-com. What the fuck's a rom-com? Oh, <laughs> it's uh, a romantic comedy. Oh, for fuck's sake. Romantic comedy. 
fucking do not have one, bro. What? What is even? I wouldn't even know. Oh, oh come fuck. on. Rom cosplay, romantic comedy. Oh, fuck. I would. I would say maybe Friends, the series, right? Like I don't fucking know. There you go. Yeah. Were, were you a Friends or a Seinfeld fan? What was, what was number one? Oh, Seinfeld ahead of friends yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, that was fucking well written stuff there, man. Yeah, <laughs> cool, but ahead of its time, really. Yeah, you bet. The, I I definitely agree with you. Uh, yeah. Favorite favorite song to belt out karaoke? Oh fuck! What a feeling! Uh, how does that one go? <laughs> <laughs> what a feeling! <laughs> yeah, that's all I know. Uh, oh yeah. That's, That's a good from one. Flash Dance. It's from Flash Dance. I don't know. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, so you probably dance to it while you're doing it, too. Fucking right. Yeah, I'm yeah. a dancer, man. I'm a, I'm a white dude, but I'm a dancer. Fucking right. <laughs> I don't I don't need booze, either. I will fucking... I have dance parties. I actually had fucking was late to the boss there. Uh, yesterday, Suzanne and I were fucking around, just getting ready, and fucking... I was playing some teams, getting ready to meet the boys in Strathmore to head to Duchess, and fuck, I was late for the bus. They were picking me up on the highway. I just started a fucking dance party. Now, now that you mention it... Is Suzanne your fiance? Suzanne's my fiance. Fucking oh, right. nice, yeah. nice. Are you a dog or cat person? Dog. Yeah, which animal's smarter? Dog. You know what's funny? So, like, I was listening to this show the other day. Like, uh, I think it was a comedy thing or a podcast, and the guy was, they were sitting in a cab, and the two guys were in the back seat drunk, and they were just, like, arguing, like, what's smarter, a dog or a cat? One guy was a cat person, one guy was a dog person. And uh, I guess when right when they were leaving the cab, the cabbie grabbed the guy before he got out of the car. He's like, hey, bud, you're right. He's like, did you ever see a cat in the police? Right. I guess. <laughs> well, it's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there are cats in the police. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. You'd have to get a fucking pretty big cat to apply that fucking job, wouldn't you? Like a mountain lion, maybe. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Uh, so uh, next question, uh, shapely or skinny women? Oh, fucking shapely, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't like too. I don't like too skinny, right? Like I'm a big dude, and <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not. I don't have a small penis, right? I, you don't want to be fucking hurting fucking people either, right? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> fucking breaking breaking balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like you know, I like yeah, you know, I'm a big dude. I I, I take uh, you know uh, performance enhancing substances. I have since <laughs> I was probably 33 or 35, right? A, a okay. little bit of testosterone. Oh yeah, man. I probably in better shape now than I was in the LNAH. Yeah, like for me right now, I'm 230 at about probably fucking three percent body fat. I I don't eat. I'm on a program. It's called Isogenics. If anyone wants to fucking change their nutritional habits and change their life and energy levels through the roof, two shakes a day at 180 bucks a month, fuck, change my life. Yeah. How, t- how tall are you? I'm about six one. Yeah, okay. just under six one, two thirty. So, yeah, still up my fucking uh, playing weight. A little bit, have a little bit more muscle than my playing weight, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, you're a lucky mofo. I'm only five eight and three quarters. I always mention the three quarters. Of course, yeah. Uh, that much closer to five nine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hypothetical question, all right? You're single. You've got a chance to date one of these beauties: uh, Rihanna, Celine Dion, or Sofia Vergara. Oh, Rihanna, uh, bar down. Yeah. 
Oh, oh God, yes. Oh God, yes. <laughs> fuck, are you kidding me? That fucking ass just bounced quarters off it for days. <laughs> no, yeah, hey, man. no, no love for friggin' Celine Dion or what? No fucking love for Celine Dion. Ah, ah, man, she's so dramatic, you know, the fuck, I couldn't handle that. I think Celine Dion is, she is uh, separated from reality. I think she has been for a long time, right? Like, I don't know, man, I've heard her in interviews, and yeah, man, I I love you, but fuck, you're out there, right? Yeah, she's too skinny for you, too. That's now. Now she's like crack skinny, man. Something yeah. is wrong. Something is really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, what, what's your pet peeve in life? Obviously, you were talking about uh, Trudeau and stuff like that. But uh, what's your other pet pet peeve on the lighter side? Oh shit! Fucking pet. What pet peeve of mine? Drivers? No drivers. I'm not too bad, but you know. You know what a fucking pet peeve of mine has been lately? This thing called fucking honesty, right? I must have these tells, right? Because I, I just noticed it lately. It's coming up a lot at meetings too. But like Suzanne can fucking after a two two simple years can tell just by uh, you know looking at me and watching me, and she'll know like within. 30 seconds if I'm being deceitful. So, yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine that, you know, I, I don't have a better fucking system. To, I don't have a better defense against that, brother. You know, like, I can't, I try to fucking run this white little lie and, it's, and she's on to me. So, yeah, my pet peeve is my partner is too fucking bright. So, basically, if you go to Tim Hortons and you eat one of those donuts with that white stuff on it, she, she'll be able to tell right away. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not good. Yeah, she didn't fucking tell me I'm not a good trimmer. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be uh, my bad peeve lately, for sure. So, my last question uh, for you before uh, you can go take the night off from me. Uh, you just won the lottery, so what are you doing with the first million? Oh, the first million? Yeah. Oh, I, I'd probably... Oh, I'd probably go uh, trade my truck in and and get a nice new uh, a nice new Ford, the one with the bigger engine, the twin turbo, and I'd fucking take a leisurely stroll and buy uh, my first property, probably in Windermere, uh, you know, uh, region Fairmont region in British Columbia. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what I'd do. I'd take Suzanne and just go by. Yeah, we're we're gonna look to flip some properties here. That's our next venture. You know, I'm kind of tooled up, and I've kind of got a little bit of experience. And I thought, wow, the oil patch isn't coming back. You know, I think it's probably the best. Way. So yeah, we've been looking at little little dinky properties in, in that region that are actually you know affordable, and that'd probably be the first thing I'd do. Let's go buy a Good. chunk of land and start building on it. Perfect. Six forty nine is one of our sponsors. So, anyways, I just uh, I always have to ask that question at the end of our podcast. Wow! Wow! I didn't know that. That's so cool. That's... No, I'm just messing around. They're not. But... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got me, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, 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 hey, we're not that big yet, but we're. we're yeah, I was we're, gonna we're, say, what the fuck, man? You got to broadcasting. Got to keep on trucking, but uh, yo, thanks a lot for joining us, man. And uh, obviously. Uh, uh, I, I really appreciate it. 
My pleasure. And uh, listen, God bless, brother. And uh, you know, keep fighting a good fight. You're doing a you're doing wonderful stuff here. You know, as an old timer, uh, you know, to go through some old stories and uh, you know uh, have guys pay some attention to us is kind of a humbling experience. So, so thanks uh, a lot, uh, Bobby, and, and God bless, buddy.